Deep within the serene landscapes of Hokkaido, Japan, a curious and eerie tale unfolds at the Meninji Temple, where the spirit of a young girl named Okiku is said to endure through a remarkable doll. This doll, a silent witness to a bygone era, has become an enigmatic relic, serving as a bridge between the living and the supernatural. Our story begins in the year 1918, when a 17-year-old boy from Hokkaido embarked on a fateful journey to a local market. His mission? To acquire a doll for his two-year-old sister, Akiku. The doll he chose to bore a striking resemblance to Akiku herself, both of them sharing the iconic Okapa hairstyle, a bowl cut with a straight hair cascading down to the chin. The bond between Akiko and her doll was immediate and profound. She cherished it so dearly that she took it with her everywhere, even cradling it as she drifted off into sleep. Tragically, Akiko's young life was cut short just a few months later, leaving her family to grapple with the grief of her untimely passing. In her memory, they gave the doll a name, Okiku, and enshrined it at their household shrine. With deep reverence, they began to offer prayers to the doll in hopes of preserving a connection with their departed loved one. However, it didn't take long for the family to realize that something profoundly unsettling was happening. The doll, which had been a comforting presence, began to exhibit a bizarre and unnerving transformation. Its hair, which had been meticulously cut, began to grow, gradually extending in length. Even when the family resorted to trimming the hair, it stubbornly persisted in regrowing. It was at this moment that the family realized that they had unwittingly ventured into a realm where the ordinary and the inexplicable converged. In response to this inexplicable phenomena, Ikiku's father decided to relinquish the doll, entrusting it to the care of the Menenji Temple in Iwamizawa City, Hakido. To this day, the uncanny doll has been visited at the temple, though visitors are not permitted to capture its image in photographs. In a bid to unravel the mystery, scientists have subjected the doll to rigorous analysis leading to a conclusion that sends shivers down one's spine. The doll's hair is not a synthetic material, but actual human hair. And more eerily, it's believed to have originated from a child. The remote location of the Menenji Temple poses a significant challenge for those seeking to visit. Without access to a vehicle, reaching the temple becomes an arduous endeavor especially in the face of heavy snowfall. For those intrigued by the supernatural and keen to experience the presence of this bewitched doll, some ghost tours do offer the opportunity to visit the Menenji Temple. Although these tours are typically conducted in Japanese, this unsettling tale brings to the fore the profound and otherworldly mysteries that continue to linger in the heart of Japan. Akiku's doll at the Meninji Temple stands as a testament to the inexplicable, a story that blurs the line between the ordinary and the paranormal, and a reminder that the echoes of the past persist in shaping the present. In the historical annals of Japan, a chilling and dark practice known as Hitobashira 
casts a shadow over the nation's architectural heritage. This disturbing tradition persisted until the 16th century, involving a gruesome ritual where live individuals were immured within the very structural foundations of the building. The belief was that such sacrifices would appease the gods, enlisting the divine protection to safeguard these edifices against the looming threat of enemy attacks. Our journey into the past takes us to the Maroka Castle, nestled in the serene region of the Sakai Fuki Prefecture. It is here that one of the most infamous tales associated with the practice of Hidobashiria unfolds. Amid the castle's construction, an ominous dilemma haunted the builders. A section of the castle walls relentlessly crumbled, defying all efforts of reinforcement. Faced with this perplexing and dire challenge, the workers found themselves considering a desperate and eerie solution. The creation of a Hitobashria, a human sacrifice. In an eerie twist of fate, the chosen victim was a woman named Ashizu. Her acquaintance to this grim fate, however, was underpinned by a heart-rending condition. She stipulated that her son, in exchange for her sacrifice, be granted the prestigious title of samurai. With trepidation and desperation, the decision was made, and Oshizu was entombed within the very walls of Morocco Castle, a haunting act that would forever mark the castle's history. Today, the castle stands as an iconic landmark where cherry blossoms bloom with ethereal beauty. Visitors from the near and far gather to appreciate the fleeting splendor of these blossoms. However, beneath this natural wonder, an unsettling history lurks, one where the boundaries between myth and reality blur. For every spring, as the rains pour and the castle moats overflow, it is believed to be a manifestation of Ashishu's sorrow, an eerie reminder of the human sacrifices made in the name of construction and protection. In the world of modern urban legends, a perplexing and unsettling story emerges, a narrative that took shape within the digital realm during the early years of personal computing in the 1990s within Japan. This unsettling story reveals the mystery's phenomena referred to as the Red Room Curse, a legend that not only encapsulates the very essence of fear in the age of technology, it also stands as a disconcerting testament to the expected ramifications of progress in the digital era. The genesis of this ominous legend lies within the blossoming era of personal computers in Japan, a time when the digital realm was slowly permeating the lives of individuals. The curse in its earliest form commences with an unsettling pop-up, the Harbinger of Doom which materializes on the victim's computer screen. It is crucial to note that this eerie encounter unfolds when one is alone in a room, thus intensifying the inherent isolation of the experience. The pop-up, sinister in its design, poses a stark red background adorned with black letters, delivering a single haunted question. Do you like the Red Room? What makes this digital apparition even more disquieting is the impossibility of escaping its malevolent grasp. Victims find themselves ensnared in a digital web of malevolence as they are rendered powerless to close the pop-up, which remains frozen on the screen like a silent specter in an impeding doom. 
Victims find themselves ensnared in a digital web of malevolence as they are rendered powerless to close the pop-up, which remains frozen on the screen like a silent specter of impending doom. However, the most bone-chilling aspect of the Red Room curse lies not in the tormenting digital apparition itself, but in the sinister consequences it heralds. When ensnared in this malicious virtual trap, the doors and windows of the physical room where the victim resides are abruptly and inexplicably sealed shut, leaving them trapped within the confines of their own terror. The room morphs into a prison, devoid of escape, and a sinister curse takes hold. Days later, a macabre discovery is made, and the fate of the victim becomes tragically evident. The victim is found lifeless, ensnared within the very walls of the room, which have been transformed into a sinister canvas painted with the crimson hue of blood. The insidious curse's ultimate conclusion is death, shrouded in a gruesome spectacle that leaves investigators and onlookers horrified by the nightmarish scene. The Red Room curse insidiously weaves its way into the dark corners of the internet, capturing the imagination and dread of those who dare to venture into its depths. The legend took a particularly chilling turn when it became inextricably linked with a real-life tragedy. The murder of a 12-year-old girl in Sasebo, Nagasaki at the hands of her classmate. The alleged murderer, an 11-year-old at the time, had a bookmark on her computer, providing a direct link to a red room, thus intertwining the horrors of the digital world with real-life acts of unimaginable violence. Woven within the mysterious tapestry of urban folklore, a profoundly sinister and spine-chilling narrative emerges. The legend of the Akamato, a tale that finds its genesis in the heinous acts of a real-life murderer who forever left a blood-stained imprint in 1906. This eerie tale waves a narrative that transcends the boundaries of time, transforming a historical crime into a modern legend that continues to haunt the imagination. The origins of the Akamanto story are deeply rooted in a chilling and real-life series of events, where a ruthless criminal kidnapped and took the lives of three innocent victims, dressed in a conspicuous blue blanket. This murderer terrorized the region and forever etched his name within the history books of fear. However, with many legends, the Akamanto story has evolved over the years. In its contemporary incarnation, the Akamanto is often depicted wearing a long, blood-red cape and concealing his face behind a haunting white mask. His malevolent presence is closely associated with the most vulnerable of moments, as unsuspecting victims find themselves in a rather compromising position. The Akamanto appears like a malevolent specter, lurking in the most intimate and private spaces. His sinister ritual commences as he presents the victim with a sinister choice, a haunting query, red cape or blue cape. This dreadful ultimatum is just the beginning of a horrifying ordeal that lies ahead. In some iterations of the legend, the Akamanto introduces an equally grim choice, red paper or blue paper. This perverse addition takes place when the victim, already entangled in a nightmarish scenario, 
discovers there is no toilet paper to aid them in the act of wiping. The ordeal is transformed into a macabre game of choice. The consequences of these choices are nothing short of horrifying. If a victim selects red, the Akamanto enacts a gruesome decapitation, causing the victim's life force to pour out like a red cape, an image both terrifying and grotesque. Opting for blue invites a no less gruesome fate, as the Akamanto tightens his spectral grip, choking the life from the victim, turning their body an eerie shade of blue. In the face of this sinister ultimatum, victims have one glimmer of hope, to defy the Akamanto by offering a response rather than red or blue, or even choosing to remain silent. This defiance, as small as it may seem, may serve as a lifeline, potentially thwarting the Akamanto's sinister intentions. Amidst the dark and cryptic realm of the mysterious, there exists a disturbing poem known as Tamino's Hell. This unsettling composition is shrouded in ominous whispers, believed to be an incantation that may bring demise to those brave or foolhardy enough to recite its verses aloud. A grim representation is painted within its haunting verses. This poetic creation has etched itself a unique and foreboding place within the annals of eerie literature endeavors. Penned by the poet Saijo Yashu, the disturbing poem found its place within a collection of verses in the year of 1919. The haunting narrative centers around a young boy named Tamino, whose plight leads him in a harrowing journey through the eight levels of hell. His older sister throws up blood, his younger sister spits fire, and innocent Tamino vomits his soul. Alone, Tamino falls into the darkest of hells, where even flowers do not bloom. Does Tamino's older sister crack the whip? The crimson lash weighs on his mind, beating and striking yet not breaking him entirely. On the infinite eighth, hell's only road, I pray for guidance in this darkest hell. To lead sweet Tamino towards the golden sheep, the nightingale. Put all you can into the leather sack, to journey into the deepest hell. Spring awakens in the forests and valleys, and to the seventh twisting valleys of dark hell. The nightingale in the cage, the sheep in the cart, and tears in the eyes of dear Tamino. Sing, nightingale, scream in the raining forest, for the beloved little sister. The cry sounds of all throughout hell, and the fox peony opens its petals. Around the seven mountains and seven valleys of hell, innocent Tamino makes his journey alone. If they too are in hell, bring them. The mountain of needles and pins. The red pins don't pierce, but merely mark. Sweet Tamino. Yet the interpretation of this poem is as multifaceted as it is macabre. Some readers and scholars find it as a dark allegory, where Tamino's soul is condemned due to the unforgivable act of having killed one of his own parents. Within the tenets of the Buddhist belief, there exists a specialized chamber in hell designated for those who commit such heinous acts. 
a sin of the utmost gravity. Others interpret the poem as a harrowing metaphor for the horrors of war, where Tamino, upon entering the abyss of the armed conflict, faces a death that is anything but peaceful, forever severed from his beloved family. The poem's aura of supernatural malevolence extended into the realm of cinema when in 1974, director Teirama Shoshi adapted Tomino's Hell into a movie, Denin Nieshu, or Pastoral, to die in the country. This transformation of eerie verses into a cinematic experience added to the legend's mystique. Ironically, the director met an untimely demise at the age of 50, a tragic event contributing to liver disease, which only deepened existing rumors that reciting the poem aloud unleashed suffering and death. Strangely and perhaps mercifully, it has been suggested that reading the poem silently within one's thoughts carry no dire consequences. This particular exception may provide solace to those who inadvertently encounter the dreadful lines of Tamino's hell, but wisely refrain from vocalizing them. The ominous specter of this poem serve as a reminder that the border between folklore and reality can be more chilling than we dare to imagine. In the sinister archives of Japanese elementary school folklore, few entities are as infamous and spine-chilling as Torino Haknoakasan, also known as Hanoko of the Toilet. Summoning this malevolent spirit requires a degree of courage that defies reason, or perhaps a hint of sheer recklessness. The enigmatic origins of Hanako-san shroud her existence in mystery. Some disturbing tales suggest that she was a tragic victim of a merciless air raid during the turmoil of World War II, huddled inside a bathroom stall as her school was engulfed in flames. Others recount an even more gruesome narrative, contending that Hanako-san sought refuge in the school restroom to escape from her murderous parents. Regardless of the version, a sense of profound sorrow seems to permeate her tale, painting her as a pitiful figure. What remains unequivocally clear, however, is a sinister location that ties Hanako-san to the mortal realm. It is within the confines of the third stall on the third floor of a school bathroom, where her spectral presence is said to linger. To summon her, one must perform a ritualistic act of tapping on the door knocking three times while posing a question. Hanako-san, Imashuaka, or Hanako-san, are you there? Serves as an eerie incantation. The atmosphere thickens as, without fail, a faint and forlorn voice emerges from behind the door, replying, Yes, I am. It is at this moment that dread begins to taint the air, sending shivers down the spine as one who dared to invoke her name. With agonizing sluggishness, the door creeps open, revealing a nightmarish sight. A spectral schoolgirl, drenched in a chilling crimson, clawing her way out of the toilet. A glance at her twisting visage is enough to chill the very marrow of one's bones. For the true horror lies not in this gruesome revelation, 
for Nahako's son's nefarious intentions soon become apparent. Swiftly and malevolently, she seizes her summoner, dragging them into the depths of hell within the toilet. From this point onward, the victim's fate is sealed, forever entwined with the ghostly legend of Hanako-san. During Japan's Edo period, a time steeped in honor and tradition, a haunting legend began to take shape. It was an era when beauty was exalted and concealed truths lurking in the shadows which had a way of emerging. Our story commences with the tale of a captivating wife wed to a samurai whose radiant allure and flirtatious demeanor couldn't escape the prying eyes of those around her. She became ensnared by the flattery of other men, leading to growing suspicions of infidelity in the heart of her husband. The samurai, unable to bear the weight of his wife's alleged betrayal and the shame that it brought, found himself consumed by fury. One fateful night, he confronted her, accusing her of violating their sacred vows. Overwhelmed by rage, he unleashed his anger upon her, subjugating her to a merciless beating. In a frenzied state of blind fury, the husband seized a knife and marred his wife's face, leaving her with a permanent, grotesque ear-to-ear -ear smile. Through tears and anger, he bitterly cried, Who will find you beautiful now? Yet the woman's torment did not conclude with the brutal assault. Shortly after the domestic violence, she met her tragic end, but her suffering and her legend were far from over. Emerging from the depths of her despair, she transformed into a vengeful spirit known as the Kuchisakiona. The origins of the Kuchisakiona, also known as the Slit-Mouthed Woman, remain cloaked in mystery. Some historians suggest an Edo period genesis, while others debate its emergence in the 1970s and 80s. The Kuchisagi Ona is depicted as a disfigured woman, her mouth grotesquely slashed open from ear to ear. To conceal her nightmarish visage, she is often portrayed wearing a surgical mask or concealing her face with a cloth. The chilling legend recounts how the Kuchisaki Ona stealthily approaches her victims in darkness, asking them, Watashi kare? Or do you think I'm beautiful? If the victim answers in the affirmative, she unveils her mask to reveal a bloody, dripping, horrifying smile. She then inquires in a gruesome tone if they still find her beautiful. Kore domo? Even now? If the victim answers negatively or screams in terror, she replicates her own mutilation, slashing them from ear to ear. If they lie and reply affirmatively once more, she will depart, only to track her victim home and ruthlessly end their life that very night. In a more contemporary twist to the legend, the Kushiaka Ono is said to have been a victim of a botched plastic surgery operation, haunting the streets in a trench coat and a surgical mask. Instead of a knife, she wields a pair of blunt, 
rusty scissors to etch a gruesome smile onto her unsuspecting victims. While this legend is said to be nothing more than folklore, in 2007 a coroner found records of similarly shocking cases during the time and day that the stories took place, and in the evening. The records showed that many young individuals had died at night, rumoring sightings of a woman with similar features were at the time and place of their deaths, breathing life into this alleged legend. Regardless of your beliefs, it's advised to tread cautiously through the evening streets, and should you ever encounter a seemingly beautiful young woman donning a mask, you just might not make it home that night. <laughs> 